Money Matters Wealthy Thinking with Alfred Edmund Jr. Welcome to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm your host, Alfred Edmund Jr. People routinely pretend to be what they're not in order to get what they want. And that includes pretending to be madly in love. On today's podcast, as we go deeper into spring, the season of love, I'll share how to recognize and protect yourself from romance scammers and money-driven relationship predators before they can destroy your budget, your credit, or worse. I'll also be sharing part two of my insightful and encouraging conversation with money coach, author, and financial behaviorist, Jaquette Timmons, president and CEO of Sterling Investment Management and the author of Financial Intimacy, How to Create a Healthy Relationship with Your Money and Your Mate. But first, people routinely pretend to be what they're not in order to get what they want. And that includes pretending to be madly in love with you. Chances are you're a nice, decent person who wants what most people do, a healthy, safe, and loving relationship with someone you can trust and who treats you the way you deserve to be treated. However, if your finances remain a wreck regardless of your relationship status, your approach to love may be the biggest threat to both your financial security and your emotional stability. Failing to recognize relationship scams and money-driven relationship predators, regardless of how sexy, God-fearing, or charming they are, before you get involved can do plenty of damage, including ruining your credit, destroying your business, derailing your career, and even forcing you into bankruptcy or onto public assistance. You're even more vulnerable to relationship scams if you are a successful business owner or a professional with access to great financial resources. To protect yourself, here are three signs gleaned from both personal experience, yes, really, and expert observation that a person is using love to gain access to your money. First, there is a direct correlation between the quality and intensity of your relationship and your cash flow. If he's always present, affectionate, possessive, and or sexually available around payday or when a financial windfall is expected, but distant, irritable, argumentative, or absent when your bank balances are low, pay close attention. It is no coincidence that cuffing season, when people are motivated to couple up during the fall and winter months, traditionally ends in spring as warmer weather returns or maybe after they finish helping you spend that tax refund. Conversely, the winter holiday season is usually a period of big windfalls, including year-end bonuses and gift-giving, of course. So if love is seasonal, watch your money. Another sign. They are always in a state of emergency, and only you can save them. She's constantly getting stranded in strange places with no access to cash or surprised by large, unanticipated bills, losing a job, or she's about to be evicted or have her car repossessed. And of course, she wouldn't dream of asking you for help, but she has no place else to turn, and she swears she'll make it up to you. Besides, she says in that tearfully seductive way that promises mind-blowing sex as an expression of her undying gratitude, 
You're the only one in the world she can count on. This is one of the most reliable signs of a drama queen or king or an adult dependent who believes that if you really love them, you should pay their bills and finance their lifestyle. Get sucked into the drama and you'll see how quickly money can get sucked out of your wallet and your bank accounts. Here's another sign. They try to convince you that they're better qualified to spend your money than you are. He may start out subtly at first by casually mentioning your past financial mistakes, innocently questioning your spending habits, or hinting that he's more savvy about money or business than you are. Your actual respective levels of financial education and income won't matter. He'll still, for example, infer and insist that his street hustling experience trumps your MBA in finance. His ultimate goal is to convince you to relax and trust all the financial decisions to him for your own good. Soon, you'll be expected to ask him for permission to spend your money, even if you're the primary breadwinner in the relationship. Listen, your decisions, choices, and habits, both with your finances and in your relationships, are the fruit of your emotions, which spring from the seeds of your beliefs. You are likely to make horrible financial choices and are at risk at falling victim to a romance scam when you believe the following. One, you are in love with love. This belief is rooted in the romantic foolery of anything for love, justifying financial choices that will be unthinkable to you outside of the desire to get or keep a relationship. Genuine, healthy love never requires you to damage yourself, and this includes your finances. To believe otherwise is to be a volunteer victim. Another unhealthy belief. You equate loving people with rescuing them. You attract and are attracted to needy people who are all too willing to spend your money for you with no regard for your financial health or well-being. This belief will cause you to surrender your finances to the agendas of others as proof of your love. As a result, you will constantly undermine your financial health while attracting financial predators and creating adult dependents all too happy to drain your resources. And here's a third unhealthy belief. You need others to believe that you are a caring person. This belief makes you easy pickings for romantic interests who want to guilt you out of your money. Being overly invested in being viewed by others as caring also makes it difficult for you to say no to financial requests. Listen, more thieves get into your home, heart, bedroom, and bank account via open invitation than by breaking and entering. For more red flags about relationships and money, read six signs your sweetheart is using love to get control of your money at GrownZone.com. You're listening to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr., We'll be back in a moment. Support for Money Matters Wealthy Thinking and the following message come from State Farm, who knows that many Americans struggle with their finances and most have never been taught how to manage them. Starting today, State Farm wants to change that by giving people the tools, help, and education they need to take control of their money, putting financial well-being within the reach of everyone. Now you can find out more at letstarttoday.com. State Farm, here to help life go right. We're back with Money Matters, Wealthy Thinking. 
a critical key to gaining control of your finances is getting a true understanding of how your financial behaviors impacts your wealth outcomes. So you definitely want to listen up for part two of my conversation with money coach, author, and financial behaviorist, Jackette Timmons, president and CEO of Sterling Investment Management and the author of Financial Intimacy, How to Create a Healthy Relationship with Your Money and Your Mate. Timmons shares why understanding your financial behavior is key to establishing a healthy relationship with your money. Like one of the things that I do when I'm working one-on-one with singles or couples or even some of my entrepreneurial clients is I have them go through their statements and I ask them for every single deduction that's represented on their statement to indicate whether that was a purchase that made them happy, whether that was a purchase that was mandatory, or whether it was a purchase that after the fact and upon reflection, they now regret. And then wow. and I, call, and I call this exercise roll call. After you've done that, tally up how many H's you have, how many R's do you have, how many M's do you have. And if you have more R's than H's, that's going to give you a lot of information. (laughs) Wow. And if you have more H's than R's, then that's fantastic. But oftentimes people don't know what is really going on with their money. And that's one really quick, easy way to just kind of get an assessment of what you're doing with your money and then how do you feel about it. For the person that is a little bit reticent to putting together their estate plan, you know, I I did a keynote not too long ago, and it stemmed from my own, you know, family experience with uh, doing an estate plan and death. And my talk was all about how um, estate planning is not about death, it's about love. And I think if we kind of reframe what is going on when we sit down to actually put that together, it can help us to, to work through the discomfort. It, the, the, the discomfort is going to be there. <laughs> so it's right. not about avoiding it, but it is about looking at something beyond that immediate moment that will enable you to push through that and do what you need to do. And so I think of my mother and myself. Here I am in financial services. I know that, you know, you're supposed to have these things together. And my mother kept saying, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. And I kept saying, no, not now. No, not now. <laughs> so eventually, thank God, we did do it. And we did it several years before she uh, died. But can I tell you, it was, I did not realize how much of a gift that was. Because when she died, I was able to grieve uninterrupted by financial stuff that should have been taken care of because it was already taken care of. And that's a beautiful thing, and that is a gift. And I think that that is an expression of love. And so if we can get beyond thinking about estate planning is all about death, that is a part of the process because it doesn't kick in until that happens. But really it is about being able to demonstrate a love for yourself, a love for your loved ones, and just to make things easier on them when that moment passes because none of us get out of this without dying. That's absolutely no nobody's figured that one out yet. (laughs) (laughs) People are working on it, but they haven't quite got that one done. Yeah. So And, and, and having said that, I let me and let me just be really transparent here. Having said that, 
I know that I need to get my act together because I've not updated my stuff since my mother died. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, now I'm finally ready. But I could not do it immediately after her death. And I remember, you know, needing to fill out something, and it was about beneficiary. And I was like, oh, wait a second. (laughs) I got to think this through because the person that, you know, everything was going to was my mother, but that's not here. So I say all of that to say I understand both sides of it, um, but we just got to push through it. Give Give yourself that space to deal with whatever it is you need to deal with, but then give yourself a deadline and say, all right, by December 31st of this year, I'm going to get my act together and then do it. But to your earlier point, if you're so busy that you're not even pausing enough to be aware of your the roots of your discomfort, a lot of time can go by before it even becomes an issue. And eventually, it'll take a crisis to get you to address it. Exactly. So, to kind of wrap things up, financial behavior as a discipline within the financial services industry while it is established and recognized, it's still very, very new. There are still a lot of people in the industry that grudgingly acknowledge it as a discipline that should be respected, but they don't really integrate it into their own practice and planning. And as a result, a lot of regular people don't think about it. What do you think would be the, maybe the top two things that a, a listener listening to the show should be thinking about in terms of confronting and being able to recognize their own financial behaviors as it relates to the decisions they make with their money. Duke University did a study, and from this study, they concluded that 40% of how you and I and everybody listening live our lives is based on habits that we don't even think about. So when you get up in the morning, you don't have to say, oh, I need to brush my teeth. You just automatically do it. And so since so much of how we live our lives is on autopilot, Think about how that probably spills over into what you do with your money and you don't even think about it. So just, just, just choose one day and be really intentional about every single time you think about money or you do something with your money. Write it down on a piece of paper so that it's not about me convincing you. It's not about you convincing the person or anybody else. When you track and you say, oh, I did X and this is what was going on and this is how much I spent. Again, it's not about even creating a budget or tracking your dollars per se. It's really tracking the choices that you are making or the ones that you aren't making as well that might be money-related. That, I think, is a way of you coming into your own awareness about the value of focusing on your behavior and not just the numbers. Because, look, at the end of the day, 2 plus 2 is going to always equal 4. Yes. Say that again, please. 2 plus 2 is going to always equal 4. Imagine that I've given you a dollar, and not only did I give you a dollar, but I gave your friend a dollar, and I invited both of you to come back in 30 days and tell me what did you do with that. You might say, I saved it, and I have $2, or you might say, I invested it, and now I have $20, and the other person might say, I spent it, and I don't have anything left, or they might say, I actually didn't do anything with it. I still have that dollar that you gave me. In both instances, any of those choices are viable choices. None of them are wrong. None of them are right. But here are the things. Each of them had the same options available to them, big picture. They both could have saved it. They both could have invested it. They both could have spent it. They could have given it away. They could have used it to pay off debt. But they made the choices that they made because they're dealing with different circumstances, 
They have different values, different beliefs, different expectations, different goals, different fears. And so that is why it is about behavior because you can give two people the same dollar and they won't do the exact same thing. And if it was just about the math, they would. But because it's not about the math and it's about all those other things, all those intangible things, that is what leads to people doing different things and making different choices with their money. So if you just focus on what people should do with money, you're not really going to get anywhere. You have to get to the whys of what they might do with that dollar. Absolutely. Listen, Jackette, what's the best way for them to follow up and get more insights from Jackette Timmons? Well, they can definitely go to my site, which is JacquetteTimmons.com, or they can follow me on Twitter because I'm quite active on Twitter, and that's uh, J-A-C-Q-M Timmons, or on Instagram. <laughs> if they just Google Excellent. or search me on Instagram, they'll find me. Well, make sure that they can find you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do our show. And I'm looking forward to having you back on again soon. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You can get more great insights from Jaquette Timmons, as well as access her blog and other resources that will help you to improve your finances and enjoy your life at JaquetteTimmons.com. That's J-A-C-Q-U-E-T-T-E Timmons.com. Also, if you missed the first part of my conversation with Timmons, check out Money Matters Wealthy Thinking, podcast number 16. This is Alfred Edmund Jr. with Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. Be sure to check out my latest free ebook, Buy Love, Get Trouble, Sell Love, Get Screwed, How Decisions in Pursuit of Sex, Love, and Relationships Impact Your Career, Business, and Financial Success at GrownZone.com forward slash Buy love, get trouble. Sell love, get screwed. And don't forget to subscribe to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitchers, or any other podcast directory. And if you like what you hear, be sure to leave a five-star review. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. at AURN.com. Thanks for listening. Come back for more next week. Money Matters Wealthy Thinking, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.